What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? You are on the sidelines with the sideline guys for a very special MMA edition of the show. Of course, it's only right that I bring my brother in arms with me, my Negron uh, syndicate member, the, the only guy that I know that will off the top of the show tell me how terrible his hair looks and then cover it up with a cap. My guy. Sean Negron, how's it going, brother? It's not just for you, okay? You gotta for the fans out there. You you don't want to see what I have underneath this thing, all right? So it's better hey, off. We to both just took these pump covers the off. There's one of us that looks homeless, all right? And it ain't you, brother. So it's all good. <laughs> don't sweat it. But w w if people want to see your beautiful mug a little bit more, where could they find mm. you? If that's a possibility, then you can find me on Twitter at SeanNegron26 and uh, bsreports.org, which is my website that soon enough Chris will make a debut in as we are in mid-November. And uh, <laughs> if you want help getting started in the uh, sports career writing, blogging, podcasting, whatever it is, shoot me a shout and I will get you started. Hey man, at this point, I'm just a terrible person, right? A terrible human being. But uh, I, I will, I will soon make my debut, as I've been saying for months now. But Definitely you can find me at Negron MMA, right? I was almost offended by the thought, and now look at us. You can find me at Negron MMA on Twitter as well as TikTok. You could also, most importantly, catch me on Instagram at Chris Negron underscore. But make sure you're following the brand at OTS Media Co. on all social media platforms, OTS Media on YouTube, so you can get all of our shows queued up right to you, right? Delivered right exactly where you need them in your ear holes. So make sure that you're subscribed and you're hitting notification bell so you can always get the latest and greatest of what we got going on over here. But with all of that being said, there was a pay-per-view. There was an event. My guy, Sean, made his way through the dingy, dirty side of the Bronx to my apartment to watch UFC 295. And it was a spectacular card, one that was certainly a treat and converted some uh, non-believers, right? We've got some official on-the-bandwagon fans now. You love to see it. How was your UFC 295 experience at Casa Negron? Bro, this was uh, an, an incredible experience. I got to meet your family. I got to meet a couple of your friends. You made an incredible meal. Oh, meals, I should say. And it was absolutely amazing. I had a, a blast, and I look forward to uh, you hopefully inviting me over again. Hopefully I was a good enough guest. And, uh, you know, we'll definitely chop it up again, doing it over again. Next time, 296, you're coming back to my crib. But then I think UFC 300, we could probably go to yours or something like that. We'll figure that out. But mm -hmm. it's a hell of a time. 295 with you was, was great. And then the show, the pay-per-view was absolutely spectacular from the first fight to the last fight. Uh, this might have been one of my favorite uh, pay-per-views of the entire year for sure. Yeah, it was one hell of a night, and we've got so much to talk about, so much to cover, so we might as well get right into it. Our first main event fight, we've got a new champ, and his name is Poetan Alex Pereira. This was heartbreaking for me, man. I'm, I'm going to be honest. It was very clear where my allegiances lied going into this one. 
And uh, man, this one hurt a lot, but a uh, phenomenal knockout performance by Alex Pereira. And the lore continues on Sir Poetan. Hey, man, I love it. I love it. You know, I'm glad I that it ended up working out for me because this one, I, I just had such a tough time picking. I remember it took me like four or five minutes just to pick. And uh, I'm glad that it ended up working out. And you know what? It, it leads to a lot of conversations, which we can definitely have um, in the future, where how great is Poetan? How great is Alex Pereira? Is he considered one of the greatest of all time? I know people were jumping on that because he's a two-division champ. I think he's still very fresh in this game. But, man, has he come at the exact right time? Ayo, pause. And, uh, <laughs> I didn't even catch but, that one. I know. I'm surprised. I'm surprised. But caught me sleeping. You know what? He, uh, man, did he show up and uh, absolutely showed out in every fight he's had in the UFC. And I can't wait to see what happens next. Yeah, man. If you're this green in your MMA career and already being considered with those accolades, man, yeah, you got one hell of a career ahead of you. Um, no matter who he's fighting, I think it's going to be a, a fun spectacular moment, uh, which always makes for a really awesome title reign. So who knows? Maybe Poetan is just the guy we needed to get us past the uh, post-John Jones cloud at 205 pounds. Uh, let's see if we actually get a long-reigning well, champ with Poetan. I, I actually have a question for you. Um, Look at this guy, prepared. Well, no, this is something I wanted to ask you because this has been floating around the UFC Twitter sphere, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's been a lot of conversation about this is, you know, the, the call out to Adesanya, right? How did you feel about that? Did you think that that kind of was a little wild to be calling out someone like Adesanya in a different weight class? And, you know, if that's your main focus is the guy, you know, he, you beat him, he beat you, you beat him two more times in kickboxing before that. You, are, are you were you bothered by that like a lot of people seem to be or are you more like i understand it i doubt it ever happens but you know it is what it is honestly i think that is a much more realistic fight than whatever else is out there i mean let's just be honest here not everyone is aaron Rodgers, right not everyone can turn around from an achilles injury in three months with a little bit of ayahuasca um I think Jamal Hill is going to be out for a while, and he is the one yeah, that's currently guaranteed a title shot, right? So I like that Alex Pereira had a name in mind, regardless of if it might not be the one that first comes to mind for most people. I think this is awesome, like capitalizing on him not really being in the sport, trying to lure him back in, and also uh, potentially making for a scenario where you just got knocked out by this guy, but now he's the one that's scared. Like it's the perfect scenario, in my opinion, as a champion. Um, so that no matter what happens, uh, it feels like you're owed something right by, by both the division, but also, um, your rival. So I think it's an opportunity for Izzy that he wouldn't want to miss out on. Right. I'm, I think it's very realistic that this is his first fight back. Um, if Jamal Hill is anywhere near healthy when it happens, it'll be a travesty. So if it's going to happen, you better book it soon. Um, but I didn't hate it as much as most people. How did you feel about it, Sean? Well, that's the thing. Uh, I, I would have not liked it if if Jamal Hill was ready in three, three to six months. Mm -hmm. But I still think 
Jamal Hill's at least a half a year away. And I don't yeah. think Pereira is going to be waiting, you know, six, seven, eight months for this fight. And, you know, we saw him fight, what, what is it, three times this year, if I remember correctly. Yep. You know, so he's someone who's who's fighting around three to four months. And so for someone like Adesanya who said he's taking time off, I know he said 2027, that's a bunch of bull. I think he, you know, instead of fighting every, you know, uh, whatever, it was like every two or three months at this point, maybe he wants to take six months off or whatever. I think they can make this fight, but I'm not overly disappointed at the moment if they don't. But, you know, it, it leads to question as who is next, right? Who, if, if, if Jamal Hill isn't the next person, because I, I know that Dana White said that he's the next and that's the fight to make. Unless, you know, we absolutely just don't know sitting here right now that uh, Jamal Hill is ready soon. Um. If he's not ready soon, I think you got to give him someone else. And I think Pereira wants someone else. And I think he saw this as a perfect time to be like, you know what? Jamal Hill is the fight to make, but I don't want to wait six to eight months for this. There's a window here. A guy's not fighting. He said he's taking time off. I have a couple months here before I'm going to fight Jamal Hill and fight for that camp. We could squeeze this in here three to four months from now. We can make this work. We could do a UFC 300 or UFC 301, whatever, and make that a main event again. We could we could run this back and end this trilogy. It would go huge in pay-per-views. You know, you have Rara who went to middleweight. Now you have Adesanya going to light heavyweight. You know, you finish it all off right here, right now. So I would like to see it, but I don't think it will happen. But, hey, you know, weirder things have happened in UFC. Yeah, weirder things have happened than finishing you off right here, right now. But next up, this guy, our co-main this event. Guy. Speaking of being finished off right here, right now. God damn, Tom Aspinall. We were not ready uh, for that title performance. Um, it's so weird the way this played out. I'm still really fucking upset with you, right? That you picked Sergey in the picks and then fucking undercut me on the number one overall pick with Tommy Aspinall, man. That's still... It's still hurting my soul, I'm going to be honest. But what a phenomenal win. Just technical from the get-go. Ate a big shot, right, from um, Sergey Thrills, right, Mr. Pavlovich. But was able to, to, to take it and then land some beautiful one-twos that just finished the night. Um, It's a weird situation, right, because it's heavyweight MMA and we still, although we've learned so much about his prospects by his performances, we still know so little about Tom Aspinall, the fighter, uh, which would really, in my opinion, makes his intrigue even higher um, as an interim champion because uh, we I almost want to see whoever he fights next way more than a John Jones-Steep A fight. So, um just a phenomenal win and a way to really grab uh, the division by the scruff of its neck, right? Yeah, I, I think so. It was we all knew it was going to end quick. Uh, man, I'm 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 saying some crazy stuff today, but I, we all knew this was a fight that wasn't going to last. And uh, man, I'm I, I was really surprised to be honest with you, with how. Even, you know, watching it back on replay, it didn't even look like the cleanest of hits, you know, to, to the temple. But when you're a heavyweight, you know, it's doesn't require much nowadays. And, and both of these guys are absolute monsters. 
Aspinall looked so much bigger than than he usually does. You know, he talked about afterward the camp, you know, not really having one, the injury. You know, it just shows how dangerous he already is. The fact that he came in on two weeks' notice, basically no camp. He hurt his back and still knocked out the number one contender, basically. I, I know Cyril Gahn is, but Sergey was really the number one contender. You know, at in, in, what was it, a minute, less than a minute, a little over a minute? You know, it's just so in 10 strikes, I think 11 strikes total in the fight, 10 of them were Aspinall's. Just goes to show, man, that, that the heavyweight is absolutely insane and the, the thing is is that i thought and, and i know this fight will happen again but it just shows how aspinall and we didn't even get to see it that aspinall is, has multiple levels to his game he does he's not just a guy who's going to punch your lights out he's he can do it all and so i think john jones biggest test is aspinall but I think even dana white and the ufc is kind of in this uh weird situation here they've never had to have this, you know, legacy fight sitting here and have an interim champ who now, you know, I know they've had interim champs defend their belt before once or twice, but now I think Aspinall is going to have to do it. Um, I don't think he's going to wait. You know, he, he, he's never going to, he's not going to fight John Jones for at least a year mm-hmm. if John Jones even fights. So, there's so much in question here, so you're not really going to wait eight months just to find out, oh, yeah, hey, just kidding. I'm retiring. Uh, congrats, you have the belt now. You know, like, I think they're going to make him have an interim fight. I don't know who it is going to be yet. Um, it might be Jalton Almeida versus Cyril Gahn sort of winner. But even then, like, I still don't see Espinal losing to either of those two right now. And uh, eventually there will be a new heavyweight champ, but right now I think the Aspinall John Jones talk should simmer down a little bit because I don't think that fight's happening for a while. That's a great shout. Yeah, I agree. It sucks that we've got two parallel divisions, but an injury like that is going to take at least, I would imagine, a year, right, to get over. So, um, It'll be really weird if they keep him on the shelf, to be honest. He's living out the Tony Ferguson timeline, right? So hopefully he gets to actually fight for the undisputed belt someday. Um, I think uh, the best and most interesting fight is a rematch with one Curtis Blades, but I doubt that's the fight we end up getting. Um, I think that is the most competitive out of any one that you just mentioned, but... Um, I just love that Tommy Aspinall has all these different phases of the game, and it feels like it's going to take a special contender to bring those other sides of his game out, uh, which once again really speaks to the, I guess, anticipation we have for Tom Aspinall at this stage of his career. I really feel like he can be not only that transcendent heavyweight champ, but someone that holds the belt for a very long time. So. It's fun times in the heavyweight division. Murky waters, to say the least. Uh, But at least we have a lot more to look forward to than just some old fucks fighting in 2024. Uh, But there was so many great fights on this card, man. So many different things that we got to touch on real quick. No pause. Jessica Andrade did the damn thing and just took out Mackenzie Dern. Um... I'm disappointed in myself. I think this was uh, an outcome that that was so very clear to me and something that I even talked about on the show. Um, 
still to this day, man, Mackenzie Dern has not figured out a go-to takedown in the UFC, which with her jujitsu game, in my opinion, is a outright failure to launch, right? Like I would rather her never throw a strike in the cage again. If we get her actually committed to a wrestling game, is this a hot take, Sean? No, no, it's not. Um, it's it, it's very weird to see with uh, how this has all turned out. It's, but I gotta say, I, I I did love how Andrade fucking turned the clock around. You know, it it she's had a rough go as of late, but it uh, definitely. Definitely seemed very one-sided, and uh, Mackenzie, it, it bothers me, like you said, because it's every time I see her in her prior performance, it, it never seems to come to fruition in the next one, and uh, not even just with the take takedown game. It seems like with the striking game as well. I, I, I should have realized I, I got too lost in the sauce of their looks with two with her and another fighter that. Um, you know, seeing Mackenzie Dern and, and her last main event fight that I thought, you know, that the that she could match up well decently with the striking enough to get the takedown with Andrade and force her to tap. But man, was I way off on that. And it goes to show that I looked past Andrade, uh, even though I shouldn't have. And uh, I will deeply regret it. But what a fantastic win for Andrade for sure. Yeah, definitely. Shout out to Jessica Andrade, still doing the damn thing, 30-plus at this point, fights into her MMA career. You love to see it. But next up, Benoit Saint-Denis just continuing his tear through the lightweight division with a first-round head kick KO against Steam. No, actually, Corn Rolla, Matt Frivola. Damn, man. I mean, this was probably the biggest oh-shit moment of the entire night, right? All of us were kind of trying to grab the person next to us, right? After this crazy uh, head kick knockout, what a performance by Benoit Saint-Denis. Oh man, this was uh, phenomenal. And I had like, I had some serious doubt for a split second there when, you know, Frivola, and the, you know, it was Veterans Day. And, you know, I, I was like, oh man, you know, I know he's going to be showing out for, for the veterans like himself. And I thought Benoit was a better fighter than Frivola, but I was like, I don't know. You know, anything can happen any night. It's New York City. And I had, like, serious doubt until that head kick. And I was like, okay. <laughs> like, I did, not, I did not see that coming. But holy moly, man, that was that was intense. That was, a, like, a, a perfect prequel to what we saw for those final two fights in the main and co-main. Like, it was a perfect, like, get yourself ready because it's going to get crazy in the next 15 minutes. Man, was that was that incredible performance by uh, BSD? Yeah, that's a great show. I feel like after this one, everything was just downhill, right? Like it, it, even before this, to be honest. But especially after this one, it was like, man, we've got a crazy night on our hands. But right before that, we had Diego Lopez taking out Pat Sabatini like he fucking owed him some money. God damn. Uh, I love this performance, uh, capitalized off, off of a weird sort of um, break in an exchange where <clears throat> Pat Sabatini sort of fell over a little bit and just never let the gas off of him, finished him with strikes thereafter. What a performance from the hot topic, Colby Covington. Uh, Sean, 
my dynasty guys, they're rolling, man. They're they're rolling along. You love to see a two-time winner now at this point for the squad. How'd you feel about that win for Diego Lopez? Man, I, you know, I'm starting to believe uh, Diego's starting to become a star. I think I think we could start seeing him as a a main event in a fight night somewhere, a, a hellscape somewhere. I think he deserves fans, though. But I think we could start seeing him at some main events for these fight nights, and he's really starting to become a star in this in this game. You know, now, you know, we talked about it while we were at your spot. Is is I think you might want to consider giving him a ranked fighter now, and he's had lights out performances the last three, even in the one he lost. You know, coming in on whatever it was five six days notice and having an incredible fight like that, it showed that this guy is pretty remarkable and and both of his last two fights winning the way he does and it was in a minute and a half this time i think it was almost a minute and a half the last one he's he's pretty special so i'm excited to see what what he's given next i hope it's a ranked fighter heck yeah man we are leading the diego lopez fan club you love to see it yes. right before that we had a hell of a back and forth fight between steve urseg and alessandro costa steve urseg comes up with i believe it was a decision victory am i making this up right this was this one went the distance right uh now you got yes yes yes, yes. <laughs> just wanted to make yes. sure because i i was so many finishes right on the main card right it's hard to keep track of but uh, I thought this was a very complete performance and once again, a reminder of what it means to be a young veteran in this game, especially at 125 pounds to go out there, face some adversity early on, right? But then finish strong and look like the the more well-rounded veteran, despite having, I believe, the same amount of fights in the UFC. Uh, this was a great performance from Steve Urseg and my continued optimism around him is well worth it, I think. How you felt about this one, Sean? I I was a little disappointed with Urseg, to be honest with you, because I expected to see more, and I felt like there were times where Costa was putting a lot of pressure, and it almost seemed like he, you know, you went another 15 seconds, and I think it was either the first or the second round, and, and you could have seen a completely different result. Uh, I, I give a lot of props to Costa. I think it was the first second round but one round Urseg was a much better fighter and then I think it was the second one where Costa came in and you know, almost took Urseg out and then the third round where it was split 1-1 one, one, you know you, you had to see you know Costa put you know step on the gas pedal a little bit and I felt he was very laid back and you know, he was kind of tiptoeing around trying to win that round and I think Urseg had done enough and, you know, the clinch and grappling toward the fence to, you know, steal that last point. So I wasn't really overly fond of Ursek's performance, but he got the job done and uh, gets another gets another win in, in the win streak. So good for him. Hey, I'll take it in a fight where you get rocked, right? And you're in trouble early on yep. to be able to come out on top, regardless of it not being the most exciting affair, I think is important for any fighter, especially early on in their UFC development. So great shout, Steve Urseg. Good luck. Keep doing the damn thing. And I'm sure Alessandro Costa is not done in the UFC. I'm pretty sure he's going to spark out a couple guys on the way at flyweight. But next up, our, 
our, our main event of the night, if you ask me, Tabitha Ricci, Lupi Godinez. This was a very clear win for Lupi. Honestly, made me feel kind of silly for even trying to take the dog in this one. I think her base was just so solid, prevented uh, Tabitha Ricci from getting any takedowns throughout the entirety of the event. Um, got a little dicey with some knockdowns there, uh, but... Overall, I thought a very complete performance for Lupi Godinez. How did you feel, Sean, about your dynasty prospect? Well, you know, I, I felt a little disappointed in Tabitha, but it was it was a little bit more competitive um, than people than people look out for. It. I'm not I'm not here to say what Brian Miner uh, thought was correct. You know, giving the thirty twenty seven to Ricci that was a wild scorecard, um, but. I think it was right. It was twenty nine, twenty eight. You know, I, I Whoopi was better in the first round. I remember that, and then I felt Ricci had done enough to win the second round. Um, but Whoopi had had, I would say, controlled more in the third round. And clearly, you saw Tabitha start to gas out a tiny bit, and Whoopi was just a lot faster with the jab. And uh, it, it was a fun fight, but I wasn't surprised with it. And I, I don't think it was a split decision. But it was overall still a good fight. Definitely felt like it should have been unanimous. But right before then, we had a no doubter. Mateus Rebecca gets the armbar finish over Roosevelt Roberts. Just surgical out there, right? Gets him out of there super early. Uh, this was one of my proudest moments on the night. Just, man, I got this guy with my seventh pick. And the dude looks like he might be one of, if not the best prospect on the night. Um, is that a hot take, Sean? Yes, it is a hot take. Oh. You're getting you're getting Roberts in here, all right. You know, five days notice. Hey, don't disrespect have... Roosevelt. <laughs> I'm not trying to, but he, you know, the the performance was there to show, and I, I'm not taking anything away. You know, Roberts missed weight by whatever two or three pounds. Uh, you know, it, you saw the height difference for sure. You know, in Roberts' favor, but still, there was you had completely different levels of fighters here and. Roberts, no camp coming in, didn't even have a UFC contract. You know, I, I appreciate it. Like I said in the preview show, that it's a win-win for him, even if he loses badly, which he did. Um, you know, He still gets probably another fight or two in his UFC career, and he can try to win the next two under a better camp, making weight. You know, He had, make, he had weight issues in his first go-around in the UFC, didn't have a great time in this one. So, you know, I, I don't really know what Roosevelt's career really looks like it's definitely not looking too 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 good right now, but absolutely great win. Um, and I think I think you're a little overhyped, but it was absolutely a great arm bar and it's something I did expect. Man, if this was supposed to be an easy fight, no one told Rebeski. Right, because this dude <laughs> comes out looking fucking jacked to the gills, right? Just a muscle hamster out there. Um, that's a development too that I I wasn't necessarily prepared for. I was like, damn, this dude looks fucking diced up from the socks up, and just went out there and did what he had to do. So you love to see it. Um, but yeah, um, I agree. Not the biggest of competition. Um, I think moving forward, uh, Roosevelt Roberts is much better uh, suited. Um, fighting guys who are this size but <laughs> aren't that uh, kick heavy, especially early on. Um, I think matchup dependent, he could probably snag a couple wins. 
Uh, but I agree. I think no matter what, his next fight's probably going to be a tough one, too. Next up, our draw on the night. Nazim Sadikov, Yashlav Borshev. This was a scrap, right? This one had the whole crib going crazy. Uh, what a fight. Ends up in a draw, but I thought, in my opinion, Nazim short showed a little bit more of a well-rounded skill set, if you ask me. Uh, but kind of got drawn into the brawl, right? That forced it into being a draw late, late at the end of the one. Well, I, I, I was. Uh, this was tough because, you know, with this fight, I was a little disappointed in Nazim. Obviously, he had I think the ten eight round in round two, if I remember correctly. But, you know, I was a little disappointed because I, I did expect him to, to do more than enough to get the win. But I got to give Borshev hell of a lot of credit man constantly pushing forward constantly you know putting Nazim on the back foot and you know I thought he won the first round which I guess all the other judges did too he was almost put put out in the second round and then the way to bounce back in that third round where you know he was seconds away from being you know uh, from the fight ending in the second round and just dominating in the third round and uh making this fight extremely close and I could have seen it going either way but I remember saying to you, I think I think majority of us thought, you know what, I think this could be a draw based on how that ten, uh, that round two went. I, I was asking all of you guys, like you guys think that was ten eight, you know, because people were talking about it. So it, it was a great fight. I was glad it was a draw. You know, they both were fine with it. It was. Uh, I I would love to see that fight again for sure. Yeah, that was a super close matchup. Could have gone either way, but ends up with the draw. Um, we're fine with it at the end of the day. Can't complain too much. Next up, still at that same division, Jared Gordon picks up a first-round knockout of Marco Matson. Man, I didn't expect Marco Matson to fall apart that quick. I mean, I said if he does lose here, it's probably going to be unraveling as the as the fight goes on. But man, uh, Jared Gordon just put a little bit of doubt in those clinch positions and then just got him out of there. What a performance, right, for Jared Gordon. How did you feel about that lightweight matchup? Uh, really good for Jared Gordon. Um, it makes it made us it made me question both of our thought of why we took Mark. I thought Mark would have a little bit more energy in this one, a little bit more of a gas tank. But it seemed, you know, after the clinch and it wasn't working out, it seemed like uh, after like the two minute mark, you know, you start seeing Mark gas out a little bit, and then, um, you know. I got to give Gordon a lot of credit for having a great game plan and then obviously, you know, clipping him from the top of the head and right behind the ear and then obviously and then whatever I think was the uppercut after once they were in the clinch that put him down. It was uh, it was one of those where we both said, like, I think no matter how this turns out, this could be Mark's last fight. And I still believe that more than ever now that, uh, you know, a loss like that, 39 years old, haven't fought in a year, probably best that you don't. I don't really know how you come back and turn it around at your age, you know, not trying to be rude, but you've had a hell of a career. You were, you know, I think a silver medalist in the Olympics, you know, you're a great wrestler. You, I think you're 13 and two or something in your uh, MMA career. I think this is a perfect way to settle down here and, you know, MSG perfect way to go. Uh, I, if I do see Mark again, great, but if not hell of a career, happy for him. Great win for Jared too. Damn, just writing his eulogy on the next show. You hate to see it, but 
Um, I, I honestly do agree with you. I think this was a surprising uh, way to go out, especially in this matchup. So uh, not really sure where else there is to go from here. John Castaneda gets the unanimous decision victory over Kyung Ho Kang. Uh, this fight was kind of slow, right? Not not the most exciting of the night, uh, but Sexy Mexi gets the job done. Any words for us, Sean? This was one of those where I was walking to your apartment watching this on the phone. and. Uh... I hate seeing catchweights, but still, I got to give Castaneda a lot of credit. He looked great all throughout the fight, and um, I'm glad to see him get this win. Uh, I think I think we both chose him in Dynasty, if I remember correctly. So, it I mean Dynasty in picks, I shouldn't say Dynasty yeah. in picks, and so it was uh, it's a win-win for both of us, and I'm glad. I hope I see John again real soon. Great shout. I couldn't agree with you more. This was uh, procedural, but a good win nonetheless. Right before this, we had Joshua Van gutting out a performance against Kevin Borjas. Got dicey as hell in that first round, uh, but just the veteran prowess came out in rounds two and three like we thought leading in. How did you feel about the Van Man? Dog, man. Dog. You know, to to have that type of... uh that tough of a first round and then to completely turn it around and, you know, come from, I would say the bottom, you know, uh, it seems like Borjas was real close to ending it in the first round or even just absolutely dominating the first round that you were considering, you know, was Van good enough to stick around in this fight. And, uh, man, I got to give Van a lot of credit. He was, he was incredible rounds two and three to absolutely flip the script. That's, that's, that's the stuff I love. I love fights like that where you you can't just write them off. It's so easy to write off a fighter after one round or anything like that. It it gave me, uh, even though it didn't work out this way, it gave me Usman vibes where, you know, Usman versus Hamza, you see that first round, you're thinking, oh, my God, you know, Usman's done. His, his career should end. What a terrible first round. But then arguably you go to, you know, he loses – but if you think, man, that was a five-round fight, this might have been a completely different story. And uh, that's that's the type of fights I love where, you know, fighters don't quit. They know they're down, backs against the wall, and they absolutely come out, you know, swinging and banded just that. Great shout. Inspired performance by the guys at 125. I don't think that's the last we see of Borjas either. Most guys in that division get sent to hell by those shots, man. Shout out. That spinning wheel kick had me going crazy, man. I was... I was losing my shit for that one early on. So Kevin Borjas and Peruvian MMA has not seen its final day either. Our final fight, our first fight of the night, Jamal Emers gets one hell of a knockout victory over Dennis Bazooka. Something that I saw coming, but man, not that dominantly, right? That was one hell of a performance from Jamal Emers, and my renewed optimism in this guy is well-placed. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I was disappointed, but I thought it was going to be a lot closer of a fight. Obviously, it ends, you know, so so abruptly the way it does. But um, hell of a performance from Jamal, man. I got to give him a lot of credit. And uh, what an absolute beautiful start to a New York City MSG card than a crazy knockout like that. It, that I think that was, you know, I said it before, but this was really like the get ready. This is going to be a hell of a night sort of uh, card. and. What a perfect way to start it off. 
Heck yeah, man. Great performances across the board from all these guys, to be honest, and girls in between. But that is 295. We have, most importantly, a lot of things to look forward to. But we finished off the day eight wins, four losses, and one draw for our head-to-head picks, which leaves me at 103, 62 Three draws, three no contests, while Sean is sitting at 105, 60, three losses, and three no contests. So clinging on to three that three-point lead. Hey, thank you. Losses. Yes, three draws and three no contests. I wish I had Sorry. Three losses. <laughs> hey, that would be that would be phenomenal. Thanks for catching me there. But in Dynasty, I continue my run of dominance. I am up after both of us. Finished the night in a very respectable position. I went four and two while you went four, two, and one draw, leaving us with my record being 37 wins, 18 losses, two draws, and one no contest, while you are sitting at 33 wins, 23 losses, and two draws. The doc is incorrect. I need to update that. Two draws and one no contest. So the dynasty allure continues. I thought this was a great um, night for me, but also for you too. And we end up in the same spot we were last week, but uh, not 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 a bad showing for either of us on the night. This guy said dominant for you know in dynasty dominant. First of all, yes, you're up four four and a half technically in dynasty. Yeah, or, I got more. This is an unlimited game here, all right? There were times where you were up like five. I dropped it to two. I'm coming back, all right? This was a, this was a rough one. This is what happens when I let looks take over my picks, okay? Oh, I went we with go. Richie. I went with Dern. You know, I wasn't confident in him, but I was, you know, how can I not? It's a win-win for me regardless if they lose. You know, I get the, I once I know guy. they're in Dynasty, I know they're fighting. It's a, it's a beautiful moment for... For all of us here in, in, in MMA. So how could I not? But it was a it was a weird one to have, you know, um, to have the picks go the way they did. I, the, the Nazim fight, I wish would have gone better. But having Tom Aspinall at that top pick is looking real nice right about now. For sure. Couldn't agree with you more. But on to the next one, as always, UFC Hellscape. 4,003, we've got Brendan Allen coming up against Paul Craig de Berju at 185 pounds, the new division for the Berju himself. This one, of course, back at the hellscape. You hate to see it. Imagine if this was in Nashville, right? This would be amazing, right? Just give me all the vibes. Or even Scotland, right? Fuck it. Let's go, Braveheart. Let's do the damn thing. But no, we're back in the hellscape. Our first fight of the night, we've got the underdog, Charles Johnson, plus 124, going up against Rafael Estevam, who is a minus 133 favorite. If you couldn't tell already, Sean, I hope you're ready because I'm throwing right to you who you got. Wow. Wow. All right. So you're going to come at me like that right off, right off rip. Okay. Hmm. I'm gonna have to go. See, I thought you were gonna go first here, so you got me. You got me. You got me jumping here a little bit. But I do like Rafael Steve. Uh, I, I'm not trying. I'm not trying here. I'm not. Okay. I'm not even gonna do it. 
I'm gonna go with Raphael here. I okay. I think he's a better prospect right now. You know, uh, ten and zero had a great win in the uh, contender series, uh, but he hasn't fought in a year, which is a little which is a little scary for me. I don't like seeing stuff like that. So I do think though he is a uh, guy to watch out for in the coming years. So I'm going to pick him, but the not having a year of fighting is definitely worrisome. Great shout. I love that we're starting the night just at odds, right? I'm going with the vet, Charles Johnson. I'm a big fan of his game, and I felt like he's just gotten some shitty beats with who he's had to fight so far in the UFC. Uh, I thought this matchup was honestly really in his favor, given the way Estevam kind of recklessly approaches his fight game, right? Trying to get guys out of there early. I think Charles Johnson could mix things up and Bring that dog out, right? I think veteran uh, skill sets are, especially in this division, very hard to overcome if you're not ready for them. And I think Charles Johnson can wrestle Estevam and make it gritty. So give me Charles Johnson. Give me the dog at flyweight right off of the top. Next up, we got Trey Ogden, plus 115, going up against Nicholas Malta at minus 130. Really surprised, once again, to see the odds fall where they did with this matchup. Um, in my opinion, I think this one is lined completely incorrectly. I love Trey Ogden's game. I loved his fight against Ignacio Bahamundes, despite coming out the loser on that one, man. The dude had answers in every phase and really looked really good, circling to the outside of the southpaw's jab and then switching weapons whenever Ignacio would switch stances with him. I just thought he showed a level of experience and uh, wherewithal on the feet that not many guys have in the UFC, period. Um, I think this isn't going to be an easy fight for either of these guys. Um, I could see Nicholas Mata just storming the gates early, and I look pretty silly, right? But I think Trey Ogden can hang with most people in this division on the feet. Give me Trey Ogden, the underdog. We're going two underdogs in a row, baby. Yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm agreeing with you on this one. I think Trey get it done. Even though with Mata, it's tough because I know he's, he fights at an extreme couture. I'm a big fan of, of that camp. But I think I, I, I was a big fan of uh, of of Ogden. And not his last fight, but the, the fight uh, against uh, Daniel something. I can never, with no shot, could remember it in any way. But in the in that fight, I was a big fan of what he showed. Um, it, it was not close whatsoever. I know it was a unanimous win, but I was a big fan of it. And I wasn't really – I was kind of upset about his last loss when he lost by split decision. But that's the type of stuff that I feel people can write off real quick when they see stuff like that. But I think he is – I think he is real deal. And um, I think he could definitely – turn it around here and get a nice win and, and keep moving forward. I like it. Didn't expect that, but we'll make it happen. Next up. Hey, I'm going to be real, right? My short, there ain't no way my shorty's watching this 45 minutes in. God damn, Eileen. I ain't ready. I ain't ready for whatever's about to happen. I'll just start there. Eileen Perez. The minus 185 favorite goes up against Lucy Pudilova, plus 168. Sean, how you feeling? 
about the girth of these women at 135. Come on, man. <laughs> oh man, this is uh this is this is I think this is honestly closer than people think. Yeah. Um but Ooh. This is I think this is going to be a lot closer, but give me Perez. I think in her last fight against uh God, why, why, why do I even try with names? Ashley something. Uh, Evan Smith. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, this gotcha. is no shot with me. Hey, it's... you were close to saying Yoder there. It's okay. I saved it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, thank you. Um, I, I I felt that that was a more telling one than her than her the fight before. Uh, I feel you need more repetition in the UFC. The more fights you have in the UFC the better you get. Obviously, that's the most obvious statement you can ever get. But, you know, I believe in experience and I think anyone's first fight, especially coming off as one of the most green as grass, fresh and prospects coming up, you know, it, it's hard. You could be better than that fighter, but sometimes you just have a bad night. And I felt that that was the case in her first loss um, against uh, Stephanie Edgar. But I believe in that Ashley Evans-Smith fight, that that's who she really was. And I, I expect that to come to fruition again in, in this next one. I'm loving the analysis here. You got me fired up early. I, I agree with you on this one. I think there's a real chance that uh, Lucy Pudalova can put some strikes together and really hurt Eileen Perez. I think that's a real possibility. Uh, but you have to lean towards the fighter with grappling upside, especially in this division where things can get a little slow to say the least, right? And if you end up with some top control, that could be the winning the winning determining factor of the round. So I'm going with Eileen Perez as well, uh, but won't be surprised if that one goes either way either. Next up, Lucas Alexander, minus 455 favorite going up against Jekka Saragi from the road to the UFC, right? Making his debut. This one's going to be a tough one. I'm not going to lie. I really love Lucas Alexander as a prospect, and I also do not really like Jekka Saragi as a prospect, if I'm being honest. Uh, looks very open out there and uh, ready to be taken advantage of. So I'm strongly going to pick Lucas Alexander in this one. How you feeling? Well, I, I felt with um, with Jekka, the, the loss to uh, Jubilee was very telling. Like yes, I remember him dominating in, in the um, road to the UFC, and that was you know that was great. I I I miss those. Uh, I can't believe it's been already a year since that whole thing. But wow. you know it was it was a great performance there. But when Jubilee came in, I know Jubilee is a great you know up and coming prospect from India, and I get that even though he lost his last one. But I felt that was very very telling of a of his kind of uh, prospect window, if that makes any sense. And I feel with someone like Lucas Alexander, um, I'm always going to be a fan of him. And this is such a weird reason, but he was part of Anthony Pettis FC. And he was part of the first one. I, I don't know why I know that and why I remember that, but I'm looking at it now and I, I see that now. Like I was like, oh yeah, that's right. And I don't know, like, I, I was such a, I found that so weird, Anthony Pettis with his own FC, but um, I was, like I said in the in the fight before, you come to the UFC, 
you can be better than a certain fighter on any given night, but sometimes you may have the jitters. You know, it's a totally different circumstance. You go from Anthony Pettis FC to a UFC fight night card. You know, there's it's a completely different game, and the fighters are different. The game is different, and you know, I when I saw him against Steven Peterson, that was that's who I saw in, in Lucas Alexander, and I think that that's what happens again. And I think honestly, I think this this fight can end in the second round. I like it. Yeah, I think this one is live for a finish for sure. Next up in the heavyweight division, is that correct? Is this light heavyweight? Ooh, now you got. Me. I'm not sure. We've got Mick Parkin, minus 340, teammate of one Tom Aspinall, going up against Kayo Machado, Dana White Contender Series product, who just eked out a decision in his last fight. Surprised, honestly, that he got the call up here. So makes sense that the odds are where they are, despite Mick Parkin being 0-1 in his UFC career. Comes off as a huge favorite here against Kayo Machado. Sean, how you feeling? What did you, wait, wait, wait. What did you just say? He, you say he was 0 and 1? <laughs> Didn't he lose his debut? Am I making no. that up? No, Mick Parkin won his debut. Really? Okay. I'm I've I stand to be corrected. Thank I was you. I was about to say wait a minute. Wait a minute. It, You're it, supposed to make your host look good, man. I'm you sorry. Just... I'm sorry. I, you know, you just had me you had me lost for a second like I was looking no, at No, you're the, right. The you're right. You no need to here. apologize. But uh, yeah, yeah. This uh, you know what though, I like I said, in uh, two fights ago, I don't like these odds at all. You know, I I do think Mick um should win this fight, but I think this is actually gonna be a close one. I, I'm a I'm a fan. Of, I I said this in the last fight or two. Chow Machado. I know it's not Chow, but I'm whatever. Kayo, whatever you want. Kayo Machado. I think this is a really close fight and i think this is going to be really fun this could probably go down as a fight of the night contender if i have to uh throw it out there i think this is going to be very very close but like you said um mick coming in undefeated being a teammate of aspinall uh this is going to be a fun fight at heavyweight and I think that this one will end in end of the first round. Great shout. I don't mind it either way. I am definitely picking Mick Parkin as well. Uh, Going to be keeping an eye on him moving forward. Uh, not sure about Kyle Machado, if I'm being honest. But who knows? Maybe he proves a lot to us here. Next up, Christian Leroy Duncan is a minus 150 favorite against Cesar Almeida a kickboxing transplant making their way to the UFC from glory. Another one. We've, we've been here before, right? Uh, but this one, really interesting matchup here. Um, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't like Cesar Almeida's game as much as many people who I see on Twitter that are very excited about his prospects in MMA. Um, I think he has a style that is going to be hard to transfer to MMA, especially when you're fighting all-rounders like Christian Leroy Duncan. Um, I'm a big fan of CLD and what he was able to accomplish in the Cage Warriors promotion. And I think 
I'm very confident in him in this matchup. I think obviously you're live to get knocked out always against someone with this kind of kickboxing pedigree. So it is a little dicey. Uh, but give me Christian Leroy Duncan over the debuting Cesar Almeida. Sean, are you looking at me sideways? Did I mess up again? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at you sideways because I don't think this fight is happening. Um, really? Are you kidding me right now? Um, it is, I'm going to double check is, the UFC page. but It is telling me that this fight is canceled due to Almeida having surgery from infection. Oh, that sucks. Ouch. My heart hurts. Well, at least I didn't, at least I wasn't incorrect about the people fighting. God damn it. Uh, we will X that fight off of the list. I'm sorry. I am as professional as it's going to get here though. Next up, Chad and Helliger plus 170 underdog going up against Jose Johnson. Minus 190. One Jose Johnson who has burned me once on this show. I took the lead in, in the in the hypothetical fight. Why don't you take the lead <laughs> in the real one, Sean? That's funny. That's funny. Um, okay. <sighs> you, you got me you got me you got me thinking here because you got burned last time. Do I want to do I want to follow? do the same thing or do I want to believe in Chad's game and the thing is is that I just I just don't believe in Chad's game at all like I'm I know the odds are closer but this is one of those where I don't think that these this is gonna be a close fight to be honest with you um this is such a weird thing to say but you know what I think Jose Johnson dominates in this one and Oh, I don't want to be rude, <laughs> but uh, man, I, I I really don't think Chad is on on the level of Jose Johnson here. And you know what? I say Jose Johnson by knockout. Wow, look at that! I won't be surprised if it's a knockout, but I'm I'm riding right on with you. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I think Chad and Helliger. I'm not. As low on him as you are, I think he's a good fighter. I just think he's a little over the hill at this stage of his career, and he relies a lot on shocking guys with his power. And in this matchup specifically, I think it's going to be hard to land, let alone to land with power against a much taller Jose Johnson. But honestly, this one, I won't be surprised if it goes the other way more so than you. Uh, but we're unanimous here. Next up, Jonathan Pierce. Someone that we've talked about a lot on this show. Oh, yeah. Despite him not competing just yet. Goes up against Joe Anderson, Brito, Jonathan Pierce, minus 130. Mr. Brito, plus 110. I'll take the lead. I'll take the reins. I am a very, very big fan of both of these guys for very different reasons. I think Jonathan Pierce is as process-oriented as you get at this weight class, which you love to see. I think Joe Anderson Brito is a goddamn tank, an animal out there at 135, who is live to knock out anybody in this division, if I'm being honest, uh, which makes this a very hard fight for me to pick. I'm leaning towards Jonathan Pierce, um, but I almost want to like throw a couple shekels on Joe Anderson Brito, just because I think it's that close. But for the sake of the show, 
give me JSP. How you feeling? Ooh. Yeah, I'm uh I think Pierce is the better fighter and I think Pierce will ultimately get it done. But Burrito man, he's so scrappy. And I think he can put on a lot more pressure and make this a hell of a three rounds. So I can absolutely see Burrito taking this one. I think I think Pierce is going to take on a lot of adversity here. I think this is one of those where Burrito could land a clean one on him, and it could make Pierce uh, just obviously back up. But I think this is, could really determine maybe Burrito finishes him off. Hey, yo, pause. But uh, I do think I do think um, I do think Pierce is a way better fighter right now at this moment fighting Saturday. But you know, scrappy man. So this could be real close. So I think Pierce gets it done, but it's gonna be very, very close. Yeah, man. Brito's one of those guys that just has such a feel for the violence, right? Like you can you can tell there's no one out there more comfortable in those firefights than Joe Anderson Brito. So it's a scary one, but we're both going with JS. I have to here. ask you next up. Hold on, hold on, I gotta ask yeah, go you. Ahead. When 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 Parsons was supposed to fight Bryce Mitchell. Who did you who did you have in in that one? You know, going in to watch that fight before it eventually got canceled. But you know, that's the one thing Ooh. too is is for JSP. It was supposed to be him. You said Parsons. That's why I was confused. Did you're I? talking about the next guy. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, Christ. yeah. No, you're good. This you're looking ahead. Flipping. You're looking ahead. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pierce. Um, sorry. I, Pierce. I picked I picked Bryce Mitchell in that one, but um, it was dicey, right? It was difficult. I think Jonathan Pierce really could have made it tough for him on the feet, especially. Yeah. Uh, but in the grappling, I thought uh, Bryce Mitchell would edge it out. What about you? How did you feel? I think I, I felt Bryce is just so great on the feet. He probably would have taken it. But I, I felt that Pierce was going to make it really, really tough. Um, I I just felt that, you know, his wins over Elkins and Christian Rodriguez, you know, he's... He's had tougher competition and, you know, the fact that he was supposed to fight Bryce. The one thing that also gets me about him is the fact he hasn't fought in a year. And, you know, Brito, like I said, being so scrappy and so quick, that could definitely play a, a serious part. But it's like I said, man, it's going to be so close. I can't wait to see this one. Great shout. Yeah, this is going to be this is going to be a good fight. Next up, we've got Johnny Parsons with a, a slick mullet if you ask me going up against uros medic the doctor a name that i love to say just rolls right off the tongue i'll switch it up on you i'll, I'll go first again on this one oh, thanks um, so much. yeah you're welcome taking some of the heat off of you late but <laughs> i think johnny parsons is a dog right go to the x-ray x-ray on his chest it, it's full of rottweilers right this this man will let the dogs out but I think in this matchup specifically, Euros Medic is just too dangerous at range. And given the height um, and the reach, should be able to uh, pick him apart at range and most likely come across a finish here. But I won't be surprised if it ends up just being an ass kicking for three rounds. I'm going with Euros Medic. You're laughing at me, Sean. What did I do? I think this fight got canceled as well. Fuck! You're lying. <laughs> God damn. These hellscape cards, man, they're just falling apart right in front of our face. So can you give me the official verdict, Sean? Um, I think from what I'm seeing here that this fight 
is canceled. Yes. Because of? It does not say why. It just says that this fight was canceled prior to uh, prior to the beginning of this week. So something must have happened. Hey, well, just like that, I'm I'm trying to take the lead on uh, hypothetical fights. Next up, Luana Pinheiro plus two ten comes up against Amanda Hibas at minus two thirty five. Sean, you only speak about real fights. Why don't you lead the dance? <laughs> oh, see, I've seen Rebas for a long time, very long time. Um, I say that like it's been like 10 years, but I think it's only been like four, but I don't think you see her. Like I see her, but yeah, I feel you. you know, I still, I still see her. I know what you're saying, but I, you know what? She's been around for a while. Um, she's gone through the very best of them. She's lost to the very best of them. She's beaten the best. Uh, she's beaten almost the very best of them. She's one of those where. She sits at a ranking for me all the time where she's constantly going to be a ranked fighter or close to it. I don't think she'll ever be championship potential. I know how I know how terrible that sounds, but I think. Oh, this is tough. Like, I think Luana is right there. I, I wish this fight was six months from now, because then I think this fight would be measured the other way ah yeah 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 it's so close you know what just for just for now give me reboss but oh i don't like that i don't like that choice at all i think it's going to be really 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 close i think luana is going to surprise a lot of people to be honest with you i know she's still very very fresh and green here but oh this is tough she's only you know Luana's been in the UFC for, I don't even know, like two years now? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, this is close. This is close. Um, I was a big fan of Luana's win against uh, Waterson Gomez. Waterson Gomez isn't anything like Amanda Rebos potential yet, I don't think. This is how, just how I feel. So I think it's a little bit of a bigger jump than I would have wanted for Luana. And Rebos has seen the best of the best. I think Reboss gets it done. But if this fight was... If Luana had maybe one or two more fights in there before someone like Reboss, I think she would win. But I think Reboss is... Reboss gets it done. Damn. The most reluctant analysis of the night. You love to see it. I'm going to be honest with you. I love Luana Pinheiro, the, the human being, the fighter. I think she's soft as baby shit, man. I really wow. do not like her as a fighter at all. I think she is gorgeous, right? The Brazilian Barbie, stick to that. Uh, but beyond that, um, I don't think she's cut out for this. I thought she lost that fight against Michelle Watterson Gomez, which yeah. is kind of funny that that brought you confidence there. So I see what you're I'm, I'm much more confident in Amanda Hibas in this matchup. Um I'll honestly be pretty surprised if Luana Pinheiro pulls it out. I don't see a path to victory besides knocking her out. And Hibas has shown to be almost too durable for her own good, if you ask me. Um, there's not a more infectious personality in the UFC than Amanda Rebos either. So I don't mind cheering her on. Let's go, Amanda. Let's do the damn thing. I'm on the Hibas. Let's go. Next up, 
We've got the biggest favorite on the card, Peyton Talbot at minus 649, coming up against Nick Aguirre at plus 550. I probably gringoed the hell out of that second name, but I'll lead the dance, brother. I'm going with the biggest favorite on the card. Who would have thought? Peyton Talbot. I'm a big fan of his game. I really loved watching his contender series fight. The dude has a presence about him that is undeniable, right? Uh, very reminiscent, if you ask me, to Sean O'Malley's uh, contender series debut. Didn't end up getting the finish, right? But just the swag style and uh, presence he has out there as a fighter really has me intrigued about what he's able to do. I think if he could get a finish here, man, it's to the moon with Peyton Talbot. So give me young PT at minus 650. Sean, how you feeling? Is this crazy for a debuting fighter to be? You're muted, brother. I cannot hear you at all. So That's what happens when your headphones decide to die and then come back to life just starts to mute and unmute itself. So I was trying to say, sorry about that, was that uh, has Nick fought at Bantamweight before? Because I, I don't, don't remember so. him being a Bantamweight. I think he's a featherweight. So, I guess he is now. Yeah, right? So <laughs> I think this is one of those fights where I think this is, I don't even think this is going to be close. I think you're, this is the this is one of those hype-up fights that I talk about all the time where these are one of those where because of how um, they did maybe the contender series or what they've shown in their career, that this is one of those where in a debut, I can absolutely see a situation where Peyton obliterates Nick. Um, I don't like fighters who go down in weight. You know, that's always that always makes me very iffy. Seeing fighters go down in weight, usually you see fighters go up in weight if they don't want to make that cut. Now he's making more of a cut. I think this is as lopsided as you could see. Uh, but who knows? You know, maybe Peyton's hype is way too much and he gets exposed here by a bigger fighter going down in weight. So we'll see. But I do think, honestly, I think Peyton rolls right through him. I think this is going to be a very quick fight. Great shout. We'll move on with both of us picking Peyton Talbot. We've got. Chase Hooper, minus 210, going up against Jordan Levitt at plus 185. Sean, who do you got? Ooh, okay, so this one, listen, you you could tell me. Um, I'm, I'm not the biggest of Chase Hooper believers yet. I think he's great, but I don't know what it is with me. I haven't been totally sold on him yet, and uh, I think he's had easier fighters. I think Jordan Levitt's a great step up for him, but I believe the hype is still relatively real. I just think it's I think it's a little overhyped at the moment. I think Chase Hooper's fun right now. But man, this is close, honestly. But you know what? Give me, give me Hooper for this one. I did not like Levitt's performance when he fought Patty Pimplett, whatever it was, like a year and a half ago. I don't even remember his his the fight after that. Can't believe that. But 
that Patty fight was terrible. I was not a fan of his how he did against Patty. Um, thought he looked good early and then just let it slip away so quick. I think Chase is. I think Chase could be and should be better than Patty eventually. So I think this would be a Chase Hooper sneak peek, but I think Chase just gets it done. I like it, man. I like it. I think, honestly, I was surprised when I saw the odds for this one. I thought Chase Hooper being favorited isn't the craziest thing in the world, but minus 210 is fucking ridiculous. Give me the monkey god, the monkey king, whatever you want to call him. Jordan Levitt, we're dirty dancing today, baby. We're throwing grown men in the air for their poses. Um, I, I think Jordan Levitt has a much keener um, grappling game when it comes to maintaining positions. I know obviously sucked to see him get sent like that against Patty Pimblett, right, and just get dominated in those grappling phases. I think obviously that is something he needs to shore up in this fight, but I don't think he's going to end up in those kind of positions against someone like Chase Hooper, who very reminiscent of Mackenzie Dern has the ground game, but doesn't have a way to consistently get you there. In my opinion, um, I think this is going to be a lot of uh, exchanges on the feet. And I think if anyone is going to be able to get in ground positions on their terms, I think it's going to be Jordan Levitt. So give me the monkey God next up. Our co-main event of the evening, welterweight showdown between Michael Morales, minus 275 favorite, and Jake Matthews, plus 240. This guy has been young in the UFC for like eight years now, Sean. This is one hell of a fight. I'm grinning ear to ear because, goddamn, I love me some Michael Morales. This dude looks like a fucking tank coming off the bus. The dude is ginormous for 170, and I'm just... I'm riding that train all day. Give me Michael Morales. I think his power is going to shock Jordan Matthews. And even if he doesn't get, get it done via knockout, I just think he's going to be able to consistently um, punish Jake Matthews for entering in and exchanges and uh, stay, stay ahead late into this one. I think especially if Jake Matthews is able to stay around, that's where this one gets a little closer, if you ask me. But... I feel very confident in Michael Morales' future in this division. Give me double M's. How you feeling, Sean? I feel Jake Matthews was the Michael Morales of hype around 10 years ago. It was Jake Matthews who still looks super young. I'm glad to see him uh, in the UFC still. Um, but Michael Morales is next level here. Uh, I think I was a big, 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 big. Big believer in the Jake Matthews train back in the day until that loss to James Vick scared me. And then I remember when he got obliterated by Kevin Lee. That was the last time I believed in him. And uh, it's been sort of one of those he's still around sort of situations. He's one of those names, and I hate to sound like this. He's one of those names where you see him and you go, man, he's still around? He's still fighting? It's one of those because it sucks to see that he's just been constantly in the UFC and hasn't really made a name for himself, hasn't really climbed the rankings like you would have you know, thought. And you see a guy like Michael Morales so young in this game and just been so dominant 
I see a situation where how old is Morales? He's he's still he's twenty one, right? Twenty, yeah. Like I, I see a situation here where Matthews has extreme level of experience here. It's fought the very best, right? But I think Morales is a way better fighter now at this point in twenty twenty three. Um, I think Morales is still a little green, and uh, was tested in in his last. And I don't know if his last fight, but it was definitely. Maybe the fight before, right? Pretty sure it was the last one. But it tested a little bit, but that's the only thing that makes me question. Maybe Jake Matthews can take it because of the experience, because of fighting basically every name you could think of. But I think Morales is a way better fighter, and I could see this absolutely going Morales' way and uh, being finished real quick. Oof, I like it. I am surprised that we're unanimous on that one. But just like that, it's time for our main event. We've got young Brendan Allen going up against Paul Berju Craig himself. I'll let you take the reins on this one, Sean. You like that, right? I'm throwing to you early and often, regardless of what's going on with that mic. How you feeling, Sean? If this mic could cooperate, I'd really appreciate it. So uh, this is... I hate these. I hate the odds of this. To be honest with you, I think this is um, a lot closer than people think. I I know Brendan Allen is fantastic. I, I get that he has been incredible the last two. I would say two something years. I remember his big loss to Chris Curtis. Uh, I felt Curtis was on a, a different trajectory at that time, and I think now this is Brendan Allen's time. And I think we've seen that with how much of a jump he's had over his last four or five fights. But the difference is Paul Craig, coming from white heavyweight, coming to middleweight in his last fight, was fantastic in his in his uh, middleweight debut. Um, and it's crazy. It was only like three or four months ago. It felt like it was like two weeks ago. Uh, I think Paul Craig is made for this division. But he is... Got the strength of a light heavyweight. So, this is really close for me. I think Brendan Allen gets it done. But, man, I could see this being an absolute scrap. Uh, but maybe Brendan Allen absolutely just shocks me and, you know, beats him easily. But I've seen Paul Craig rip off Jamal Hill's arm. So, I've seen him at his absolute best. And, yeah, maybe... Light heavyweight was just too big for him. And maybe middleweight is the next big thing for him. But, oh, this is tough. This is, I I hate these odds. I think this is one of those minus 120 plus 100 type odds. I think this is a a bigger fight than people understand it to be. It's, it's weird to make these type of odds because Paul Craig's still transitioning to middleweight. But I think this is a tough fight to give Paul Craig. And I think Brennan Allen gets it done, continues to move forward. But I wish that this fight happened like a year from now because I think we'd be having a completely different conversation. That's a great shout. I think I would have loved to see Paul Craig get his feet under him a little bit more in this division before ending up against a well-rounded challenge like Brendan Allen here. Um, I disagree with you, though. I think 
this one should be pretty one-sided if you ask me. I think on the feet, Brendan Allen lately has really shown a huge capability for hurting people in this division, but also taking that momentum and riding uh, that straight into a, either a submission or just continue dominance in whatever phase necessary. I love to see guys making real late career developments, right? It wasn't long ago that one Sean Strickland was knocking out uh, Brandon Allen, but that's a good uh, loss to have at this stage of the career, believe it or not. Sean Strickland has the title, goddammit, so who knows? Maybe that's a rematch we see down the line. I like me some Bear Zhu as well. I think he can be live in this one, especially if he's able to do anything on the feet. Like, I feel like if he can shock anyone on the feet and put in any sort of damage there, I think things definitely do get more interesting. Uh, but for now, I'm very confident in the Bear Zhu going down here. I'm going with young Brendan Allen, and that leads us right into our dynasty pick. So, Sean. I have the first overall pick this time around, and honestly, I wish I didn't. I wish I could I could throw to you. I know you do. And, <laughs> and uh, figure out a way to get the second and third pick. So I'm going to ask before I draft, are you interested in trading, or are we staying where we are? Chill. <laughs> I let you win the last one. Take who you're going to take, because there's, there's, there's some nice talent here. Um. This is actually sleepy good. You know, uh, no, no. Okay. With my first overall pick for UFC Hellscape 4003, give me Spider-Man himself. Give me Michael Morales. I figured you were going to go that way. Um, I'll take Brendan Allen then. So reluctant. And give me. You know what? I need to have a green as grass guy. So give me Peyton Talbot. I uh, I hate that because obviously that's that's where I thought you were going, but <laughs> my heart was not ready. Regardless, um, so yes, Peyton Talbot is off the board, and my heart pains. Uh, my heart pains. But next up, this is tough. This is tough. Um, damn, it got really thin after after young Peyton Talbot on the board. Um, this fight no longer exists either. So I'm just looking at incorrect information. Um, Jonathan Pierce. Pierce versus that other guy. Um, give me Lucas Alexander and Mick Parkin. Okay. Okay. Um. Ooh. All right. So you know what? I'm going to double down on how I feel and give me Chase Hooper. Wow, look at that. And You're going to need a, sh uh, a chaser to go down with that shot when he loses. But Yep, and I will double down 
Uh, I'll take a win and a loss here and give me Paul Craig. Wow, look at that. The Bears Jew is live. Um, I think he's going to do well in middleweight. I just don't think this fight. But I do think that after this, I still think he's pretty dominant in this division. He can be. I like it. Um, This one's tough. This one is really tough. I'm not going to lie. Really am thinking about going with Jordan Levitt. But take Jake. Nah, I'm going with Jonathan Pierce here. <laughs> Can't believe I got him with the eighth pick, man. Yeah. Kind of sneaky if you ask me. Yeah, definitely. Um so let me just finish putting all this in and then we're good to go. Um, just to recap our picks with the first pick, I go with Michael Morales with the second and third. Sean gets Brendan Allen and Peyton Talbot. And then with my fourth and fifth, I go Lucas Alexander, followed by young Mick Parkin. And Sean rounds out his draft with Chase Hooper and, of course, the inimitable Paul Craig. And I get Jonathan Pierce with my final pick. This is a very well-rounded dynasty round. I'm not going to lie. These aren't the sexiest names, right? Um, But I think long-term, there's some real value here. So uh, excited for UFC Hellscape and all the results that come from it. Um, Sean, how do you feel about your picks this week? I enjoy it. Actually, you know what? I think it was getting a little thin there, so I'm glad to have someone like Hooper and I think you know, obviously, I know I'm going to have a loss in Dynasty taking the two, you know, fighters in main event. But I I, I have a strong feeling that Paul Craig is real deal for middleweight, and he can be. I think he's got light heavyweight power, and I hope that, you know, the weight cutting won't be, a, like, an issue. It wasn't the first time. I hope it's not this, this time. I, I, unless, you know, I'm not sure they made weight yet or had to make weight already so i'm hoping that it's not a future issue i don't think it is so far so i think he can be real dangerous in this division um i think it's just a really tough test you know to get thrown to brendan allen who's just in the one of the hottest streaks in the division right now that's pretty tough i would have loved like i said before to see them fight a year from now you know if paul craig would have gotten on a similar hot streak but I think he still can be really dominant and, you know, maybe he might have a slip up here, but I still think he has a, at least minimum five to six fight, you know, career left in him. And I think he could get some valuable wins. For sure. All great shouts. And I think we're in for a treat this weekend. I think even though it isn't the most star studded card, I think there's a lot of good competitive fights, which is all we really ask for on this show, but God damn it. It only took us an hour and a half, and we did the whole damn thing. Sean, why don't you remind the people where they can find your brilliant work? Well, after I remind them, I have a question for you. That I will okay. I will ask for the rest of the audience to also give their, their opinion on this one and what they think. Uh, you can like find it. me at SeanAgron26 on Twitter, and then uh bsreports.org uh and if you ever need to get started with your sports career or anything like that shoot me a shout and i will help you out 
Um, I'll let you give your socials and then I'll ask a question. Yes, sir. You could find me at Negron MMA on Twitter as well as TikTok and then Chris Negron underscore on Instagram. But don't forget to follow the brand at OTS Media Co. and OTS Media on YouTube. Sean, the floor is yours, brother. All right. This is regarding some recent comments by current welterweight champion Leon Edwards. Uh, he came out and said after he beat uh, Colby Covington that he would like at UFC 300. I don't know if that will be UFC 300, but he would like the winner of Driscus versus Sean Strickland to have the opportunity for double champ. And um, he thinks that the rest of his division is kind of boring. There's no one else really to fight there. And uh, he wants to go up and and become a double champ and then come back down. He wants to pull a GSP. He, that's his words exactly. Pull a GSP win and then kind of just vacate the belt and go back down. Um, one of the most alarming things that I found from that was the fact of him saying that the division was boring or you know that there wasn't really an interesting fight there. I, I find that pretty hard to believe with all the people coming up. Granted, I do think that if there were ever a time to do a double champ run, it would be right now because I still think someone like Shavkat, um, Ian Gary, uh, fighters like that are a fight or two away from you know being in Leon Edwards' hemisphere. But you still have someone like Bilal Muhammad who no one cares to watch fight. Been waiting. Hey, I do. I know. I know. I, I, people I like us. Name. I would love to. I would love to watch Bilal Muhammad fight, but. War Palestine, the, maybe. the people who buy the pay-per-views probably would not, you know, and I think that's the reason why he hasn't gotten a title shot is because nobody cares to watch Bilal Muhammad fight when it comes to the casuals. So mm-hmm. you got to think of pay-per-view buys there. And so I understand, you know, you're going to bring this to Dana White and Dana will sit there and, and, and the matchmakers and they go, listen, we could do a champers champ, double champ, you know, possibility with Leon Edwards fighting. Someone like Driscus or Sean Strickland, there's a real shot. Leon could be both of those guys. Or do you want to do Leon Edwards versus Bilal Muhammad? I think 99% of the fans would choose the double champ. I think around 70% of the room in the matchmaking would probably choose the champ versus champ status as well. Uh, how do you feel about what Leon, Leon Edwards' comments and you think that that fight ever will really happen? It's funny because I do kind of get where Leon Edwards is coming from. Now, hear me out here. Obviously, he did not lap this division in any capacity. Uh, But the division has kind of been stuck for a very long time with a very obvious this guy's next sort of hierarchy. I think it should continue me personally. I would love to see Leon versus Bilal Muhammad 2 because we did not get to see a proper resolution after Leon Edwards so violently poked him in the eye. Uh, I would love to watch that fight more than any of the ones you just mentioned, but that's not on the cards, if we're being honest here. I think even if um, Leon Edwards were to win here, he most likely isn't going to be fighting Bilal Muhammad. It'll probably be double champ status or, excuse me, someone like Ahamzad. So, Excuse me. Some there's there's a lot of different people, right? I'm sorry. The divisions got mixed up. 
I don't know who to look forward to anymore, but uh, Shafkat is on his way. Obviously, he needs to get through Wonderboy first. But there's a there's just so many different options at 170. I won't be surprised if it isn't Bilal. But if you ask me, I think the best fight to make, the most competitive fight you can make, is not for double champ status. Right? Hear me out here. I think there is... A couple different guys that are lost in the fray at 170 pounds. But you know what I want to see more so than anything? Give me a little mini tournament. Give me Bilal Muhammad versus Kamaru Usman for his return to 170. And then give me, send my boy straight to the motherfucking moon. I don't think this happens. I don't think this happens. But you know what I want? Give me. Right now. Jack Della Maddalena versus the champ. Now, this is the hottest take in the land. This is someone that doesn't even deserve to be top five right now. Uh, But if you ask me, I think there's a lot of different guys that are on the upside train that can give the champ some problems. And if there's anyone that I think actually can give him a fight at this stage of his career, I do believe it is one JDM, three-name Jack. I know that's a deep cut, and I know that's probably not the fight we're going to get, but how you feeling about that potential matchup? I think you're a little uh, ahead of yourself there, but it's a, definitely a fight I could definitely see happening in a year from now. Um, I think... I think I want to see Jack, you know, uh, his last fight was against Kevin Holland, if I remember correctly, and yep. there are completely different levels there. I want to see Jack versus, like, a Jeff Neal sort of first. And, you know, you say a little mini tournament. We kind of have that at 296, right? You know, Leon versus Colby. We're having Shavkar versus Wonderboy. We have uh, Ian Gary versus Luke Egg. You know, you're having... A lot of welterweights in this card, so a lot of uh, this this division is going to really move around, and I don't think this is the other part where we kind of have a situation here. I'm hoping that they do Bilal Muhammad versus Usman soon to kind of fit the timeline here, because you're having three welterweight fights in the same card. They're going to line up perfectly. I'm hoping that they can do Kamara Usman versus Bilal either for 297 or 298, something really close. Because the issue with that too is that if Usman does come back down to 170 and then beats Bilal, you know what? What happens now? Like what happens there? I think obviously in that timeline, you know Leon would probably fight someone like Shavkat. You know Shavkat beats Wonderboy, probably shoots up to you know number four, number three. And then you could obviously make that title fight. Um, I think Shavkat should still fight someone like, you know, uh, Colby or Gilbert Burns or even a Bilal Muhammad after that. But I could have absolutely see the UFC throwing him into a title fight right after Wonderboy uh, because they're five and six. Uh, and Machado Gary's probably two or three fights. I would say two. To, I mean, he's really hyped up right now, so two should be three fights away. But. I understand the thought of trying to be a double champ. I, I, I do get it. And they, I think he's looking at it as this is probably the only window he's going to have. You know, because once this four-month window 
disappears, maybe five-month window. By then, Shavkat and Ian Gary, one more fight in for each of them, are going to be right there. I don't know what Kamaro's future is in this division. I don't really think anyone cares what Bilal Muhammad's future is, even though I think he definitely deserves wow. the next shot. I, 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 Both of us care about Bilal Muhammad because we are fight fans. We understand how good he is. But the casual fans, which is what buys pay-per-views, which is what buys seats in arenas, nobody's going to care about watching Bilal Muhammad as a main event. There's no way they'll ever make that a main event. They'll make that a co-main, you know, or a co-co-main if it's at UFC 300 if they have to. But nobody cares if Bilal Muhammad is, is fighting. And I think that's pretty messed up. But, you know, with today's climate and with his style of fighting um nobody cared when it was a fight night you know uh whatever it was a year ago so it's it's tough to see Bilal in this situation he definitely absolutely deserves a title shot um over Colby Covington for sure but it just goes to show a guy who hasn't fought in a year versus a guy who has I don't even know a 10 fight win streak keeps winning and nobody cares like it's just that's it's it sucks. It sucks to see that for Bilal. But I would say if there was ever a window with Bilal not having a, a fight with him right now, and it was a chance to actually become a double champ, which we don't see too often anymore. And every time we have seen it, the the, the other champ has lost. We saw it out of Sanya. We've seen it twice with Volk. Now we haven't seen a double champ in a good minute. If there was a time to do it. It would be right now, after he beats Colby, if he does. And the fact that UFC 300 is right here, you could you could blow this whole thing up with, with a fight like that. That would be, be huge. But I don't know if the UFC would want to make that a main event. You know, if it's Triscus or Sean Strickland versus Leon Edwards, you know, that would probably take precedent because it's champ versus champ. So, I don't know. But... I think this division is is really really fun, but who the hell knows? Because we still he still needs to get past Colby, Shafkat still needs to get past Wonderboy, you know Ian Gary still needs to get past Luke. If Luke, Wonderboy, and Colby win, what the hell are we even talking about? Like the the whole division goes back five years if that happens, you know, like all the prospects yeah. fall and Leon falls and Colby takes over. What a world! So. I think we have a lot to talk about after 296, but his comments were definitely very questionable at best. It's a great shout, man. I, I just couldn't help but uh, ask you this next because I was just really thinking hard about this, right, since he's coming out with these comments. Leon Edwards has been in talks of another super fight, but not for him to become double champ, for one Islam Mahachev to become double champ. So I want to ask you, Sean, who do you think has a better claim to deserving the opportunity for double champ status, Leon Edwards or Islam Mahachev? Uh, I would say Islam after he beats Oliveira. I think that he would have, because at that point, you know, you have beaten the, the, the former champ twice, and then you would have beaten the featherweight champ who came up to fight you arguably the pound for pound greatest before twice and won by devastating fashion um 
I think that would absolutely take precedent in going up and trying to become a double champ. And that absolutely definitely takes over for what Leon's trying to do. I get it. When you become champ, you're thinking, you know, is there a chance I could really become double champ? You know, I think every champ has that thought. Um, And this is a perfect window for Leon. But there was a time, let's not forget here, that even in Leon's, whatever, 12, 13 fight win streak, that nobody really cared as a casual fan, I'm saying, about what Leon Edwards was really doing. You know, when Leon was fighting Kumaro in the second fight, technically, um, nobody wanted Leon to win. Nobody cared if Leon, uh, nobody thought, I should say, that Leon was going to win. Everyone thought Kamara would roll right through, and he was on the verge of doing that. He lost the first round, but he dominated two, three, and four, and then obviously the head kick in five. But, you know, nobody cared. And, I, it, you know, like so much has changed in that. You know, it, they end up going to England to make Edwards, you know, defend the belt. Like so much has changed. So it's, it's a different game here. I don't think it's remotely close here. I think Islam, if Islam beats Oliveira the second time, by submission or whatever, because you're seeing Islam has hands too, and he you know he's got some stand-up game to him. I absolutely believe that they should make somewhere down the line him versus whoever the welterweight champ is, especially if it, if Colby ends up winning and having Islam versus Colby. Oh my lord, the pay-per-view buys for that one. That would be crazy. Um, I think that would be a ridiculous fight. And something Islam would deserve. So, yeah. who the hell knows? It's going to be an incredible couple months uh, seeing how everything plays out. I cannot wait for this card. I can't wait for UFC 296 and the other two fight nights we have before that. Man, every week the UFC gets better and better, man. I just I get more and more excited. If we could just get the hell, sorry, if we can get the fuck out of Hellscape, I'd really appreciate that. If we can get out of the apex, if we could move away. I think the UFC would be on top of the world, but I just can't stand the apex anymore. I, I thank you for 2020, then, but I'm done. We continue to suffer. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe it, bro. I can't believe this is where we still are with all the talk, all the anti-establishment, all the, hey, you say we can't do this, so then fuck you. That's exactly what we're going to do anyway. The fact that that is the attitude this company has and they still continue to put on these Apex shows, it, it blows my mind, man. It must be so cheap, right? It must be so dirt cheap that it warrants it. But, man, you could be making gates on all these shows and actually putting out exciting stuff to watch because with the crowd, I promise, there's, there's a little bit of performance enhancing when it comes to having the stands packed. I agree with your analysis, though, man. I really think... If anyone deserves it at this point, it would be Islam, which made this kind of a little bit of a shock to me. I hate how enthusiastic you are about a Colby Covington title run, uh, because the more we talk about it, the more it makes me feel like it's a possibility. Uh, But we'll get there when we talk about 296 and break down that card. But man, I think we just had another historic show in the books, man. This was great. We we went all over the place. Uh, But most importantly, I can add on with another another question, but. If you want to save it, we could save it. I think we save it. We're already an hour 40 in. (laughs) We've got a lot more shows coming at you next week. We're going to have our regular two-show, one-two-punch edition. Uh, But until then, make sure that 
you're all subscribed, you're all tuned in so that whenever we drop anything, it goes right into your inbox. Until next time, you guys, just remember, when it comes to the Negrons, we're coming fast and we're coming hard. We'll see you guys next week.